This episode of the Golf Gambling Podcast and the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by Edge Boost. Edge Boost enables you to double your bet with no interest. Go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash edge to get started today. Uh, welcome back to the Golf Gambling Podcast. I am your host, uh, Steve Shermer, joined uh, by uh, apparently the very popular Matt Gannon getting phone calls during the show. Matt, how you doing, buddy? People should know Monday nights at eight to nine, we're booked. We got DFS to talk about, but I'm good. Thank you for having me on the show again. Uh, it's becoming a, a trend now, Monday nights. But um, yeah, I'm good. Congrats to you to lead the show off, leading with the Victor Hovland outright winner at the Memorial. So if you listened to us last week, hopefully you tailed Steve on that because that's a winning bet, 22 to one. Interesting. So love to see that. Congrats. Congrats there. You know, apparently you're just my good luck charm. Uh, Capper, yeah. uh, if you're listening, you might be fired because when I had Matt Gannon on the show as my co-host, good things happened to me. I broke out of my slump. That was the best betting card I put together all year. Uh, you know, I, I, even uh, going into the playoff, um, I was going to be up pretty good. Like all my top 20s hit. Adam Scott's top 30 hit. Uh, we'll talk about Kyle Moore Callen a little bit. I thought that was actually going to come back and help me. And then... Uh, Something really bad happened to him. We'll talk about the uh, memorial first then. But yeah, listen, I mean, I know Hovland was very popular in the community. Uh, but you know what? It's about time. About time you finally got a big boy win in the United States in a, you know, legitimate PG Tour event. God, he played so good. And I thought it was going to go really poorly, too, because he was hitting the ball all over the place the first couple holes. But the putter saved him. And they righted the ship. And they just all kind of came together, making some clutch putts. We're down the stretch, including that bomb on 17, making a nervy par putt on 18, another nervy putt in the playoff, too. So, yeah, I mean, listen, like that, that was uh, not a unique ticket, but hey, I'll take a break out of the slump. And, uh, you know, yeah, it's not so, That's a great hit. Victor Hovland was trending, like we, like we both said. And, like, I would have been very upset for you and for all the Victor backers if Denny McCarthy were to have won that. Like, I do like Denny, but I don't, I'm not a Denny hater, but Denny McCarthy has one possible route to like win a golf tournament of that magnitude and it's to scramble his ass off down the stretch when the wheels start to fall off and he did it for so what 71 holes he just hung up missed it at the end and he couldn't get out of the rough and i knew when he was in the rough in the playoff it was just it was just over because if they were both in the rough victor would have much more strength to get up to the green whatever happened happened and then obviously denny barely missed that uh par putt on in the first playoff hole to give victor the win yeah, uh, great tournament though. Very fun watch. Yeah, I mean, like it was very tilting to watch Denny McCarthy just get oh, out yeah. of. Yeah, I mean, what on twelve? It looked like he was going to drop a shot there, end up draining a like a fourteen foot par putt there. Uh, he made a mess of the par five fifteenth, uh, making a putt there too. Uh, I think I got lucky. He stuffed it. I think on fourteen possibly or thirteen, missed that short birdie. But I mean, I I was just like, all right, you know, Hovland's kind of chasing chasing here, but McCarthy's just. Nail all these power putts. It just seemed like it was kind of nebble at that point. But then, you know, obviously the bad drive on 18 there, uh, another bad drive in the playoff there. What was really cool, though, is uh, so for all my outrights, maybe it's just because, like, you know, Sunday afternoon, I got to try and incorporate my daughter into, uh, you know, seeing her daddy hanging out. So uh, right. I've been sweating a lot of outright wins with my daughter uh, this year. Is, she, is yeah. she getting into the golf? Is she like have she, a favorite player? You know, she doesn't have a favorite player. She's only three and a half, but she knows what golf is. She sees, okay. you know, like, uh, you know, sometimes I go out in the backyard just to relieve stress, just do a little couple air swings. She likes going out there, taking her little club, swinging with me. But every time we're watching TV, she's like, oh, put on the golf. So, you know, we'll watch a little bit. Um, so she was playing with her alphabet, Matt, uh, over on the side there. 
And I'm just kind of pacing. My wife just thinks I'm crazy. This because Hovland was lined up like a six footer for par in the playoff there and it hit. And I go, yeah, like I get really excited. Yeah. And she looks over in terror. And my daughter, sometimes when there's applause, like a lot of kid people do, like, you know, with young kids, sometimes there's applause that startles her. So I'm like, I had to kind of like collect myself like, oh, you know, something good happened. Like, yay, yeah. something good. And she's like, good job, daddy. So you know what? It makes it all worth being a dad. If you have your three-year-old kid cheering you on, saying you did a good job when you hit it outright, that made it worth it. And then, right after, and then afterwards, I played her favorite song on Alexa on repeat because, you know, she just helped me. That, that's, I think, the third or fourth outright this year I've, had, I've been watching with her that hit. So, you know, she's, That's uh, going to be a core memory for her, her the Victor Hovland outright sweat in Dublin, Ohio. And exactly. She's going to talk about that for the rest of her life. So congrats to you and your family. Thank you. I, I bet that makes you want to have kids too, right? <laughs> Very soon. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I, I can tell you all the reasons not to have kids, which I will <laughs> talk about that offline there. So, uh, I mean, we'll save the Rory talk until, cause he's in this field, uh, later. Uh, I think the, the only thing I want to talk about though, the only big, the, well, actually there's two things I think coming out of this. Uh, number one, Scotty Scheffler continues to hit the ball so well and yeah. putt so poorly. So I guess when I kick it over to you, I guess, you know, so we're coming up to the U.S. Open here. It seems like the guys who are the best tee to green generally win the U.S. Opens and can overcome with the putter. Do you think that putter is going to hold him back from a win? Or do you think at this point, considering he's gaining like three strokes per round tee to green, like just put the, his name on the trophy at LACC? Right. And I was having this, de- like, not debate, but just talk with uh, some of my other uh, golf friends be- pre- pre-memorial tournament. Um my friends were like, why would X person bet Scotty Scheffler when you know he's going to have a bad putting performance? And we, we talked. I was like, I think it's a great play. He doesn't have to get – he can lose strokes putting win this golf tournament because the score is going to be single digits. He doesn't have to gain a bunch of strokes putting. But, and he can lose a few strokes putting and win this golf tournament. Now, you can't lose eight strokes putting and expect to win a golf tournament. And the fact that he did that and still was live for the final – 25 minutes of the golf tournament is astronomically insane and just crazy to even wrap your head around. Denny McCarthy, I think, gained 18 more strokes putting than Scotty Scheffler. But what Scotty Scheffler is doing from tee to green right now, he was first on, on approach, first off the tee, first around the green in a field of elite, elite players. And it's, and it's not like it's a fluky performance. He's doing this week in, week out, truly better than Tiger numbers. Like, like if you look at the numbers, they are better than like Tiger in this mini run. And it is just crazy to think about. I don't even know how you, cause you cannot possibly be hitting a golf ball better than Scotty Scheffler. Like he's perfecting hitting a golf ball at this very moment. And it's just insane. insane. Yeah. So the last 50 rounds, he has gained 120 strokes with his ball striking on the field. Uh, that is 2.4 strokes per round last 12 rounds plus 3.4 per round of the ball striking. So, I mean, look like, you know, we'll get to it next week with the LACC. This is a golf course. And yeah, there's really wide fairways, but can't miss in the wrong spots. You right. know, in fact, he's got a lot of control off the tee. It's going to help him there. And the iron play too, with these greens going to be really firm, man. Like, I mean, if he gains 3.4 strokes per round tee to green, you know, uh, at, at the U S open, I mean, he's going to be right he's there. And then just comes, yeah. Right. Exactly. So, and then the last thing, so Kyle Morikawa uh, screwed everybody uh, when he was apparently stretching and suffered some back spasms and, I mean, as a guy who is really high on Kyle Morikawa coming into not just the Memorial, I thought that was a good get-right spot, and it looked like he was going to get do that. 
But at LACC in a couple of weeks, I mean, that's yeah. a guy that I pegged back in December that I thought had a really good shot to win. Um, I guess how concerned are you about Morikawa right now with, with that back? I didn't dive into like any of what his comments or anything like that. I saw he withdrew with a back injury and like he wasn't by any means like he had, he, he had, I guess a small chance to win the golf tournament yesterday afternoon. Like he could have posted a number shot, one of those 500 rounds, like Xander did the day before what Scotty did on Sunday and just give himself a shot. So I feel like if he's really hurt, he's going to withdraw because he's doesn't make his money now. And he, I get just crazy to like see because he was it looks fine the past few days. So, how do you go into that? Last the last time Colin Morikawa said something was wrong, though he won the he won the Open Championship. Last time he said his my my golf clubs aren't interacting with the ground well. He won the Open Championship. I know that's different than a a real injury, but definitely something to monitor. Something I will definitely be deep diving on next week's narrative show. So um, I don't really know what to make out make of it now, but. I feel like he wouldn't just – it's not like he was plus 17 and had no chance but to win a golf tournament. He probably really hurt himself. Yeah, so his comments apparently that he was stretching and something tweaked. His back his back started to seize up a little bit. Uh, tried to swing a club. He took a nine iron and hit it only 90 yards. Yeah, uh, that's, so not that's not So that's not good. Uh, he, I, I remember I think a couple of years ago too, uh, after that Open Championship, I think he had some back injuries – uh, afterwards, and he was terrible in the FedEx Cup playoffs. So, yeah, I mean, this is, I think, definitely a cause for concern. He said that he'd never felt something like this before. Now he's got two weeks to try and rehab, and it, it's going to be tough. I think it's going to be tough trying to gauge, you know, what's going to go on with him. There's probably going to be a lot of rumors before the tournament about how things are going to go. I don't think he's going to really let on how he's doing. I think probably, I mean, for me personally, who is now really torn about what to do with Morikawa at LECC. I kind of hope he just withdraws so I don't have to worry about it. Then otherwise, I'm going to go to the 11th hour there and be like, all right, do I have to throw him as like, you know, it's 7% owned for DFS because everybody's scared off, you know, just take a flyer Morikawa. Yeah. Maybe his odds drift to like 30, 33 to 1 because no one's on it yet. And, you know, up until this point, he hasn't been playing all that good. So we'll see. So, Interesting all right. case study. We'll get there next week. We will. So, all right. Why don't we take a quick break, uh, and then we'll start diving into the RBC Canadian Open. And this episode is supported by Edge Boost. Edge Boost is the world's first bet now pay leader Visa card. Edge currently offers a $2,500 in betting advances, which can be an extremely valuable tool. Imagine what you can do in increased bankroll. You know, you can get down to some of your favorite futures without tying up your bankroll for months. You can double down on a favorite bet like you, you know, or you can even create an awesome middle or hedge. You know, an edge boost isn't some sleazy loan shark. They charge 0% interest. I don't know any other way you can get money with 0% interest, you know, put, put it down on your favorite bets. So, you know, edge boost can also be a part of a responsible gaming plan. If you, you can set up daily, weekly, and monthly limit, limits across all your betting accounts, all in one place. So support SGPN and grow your bankroll by going to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash edge to sign up that sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash edge. Must be 21 years or older to use. Problem gambling? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right, let's go back to the RBC Canadian Open uh, for DFS. So I did my video on Saturday night. I decided, I guess, I was going to spend an hour on Oakdale uh, Golf and Country Club, trying to help everybody. Um, so I want to just throw it to you. You spent a couple of days. You've been digesting, you know, some substance going floating around about 
you know, what this golf course is. Jeff Feinberg, uh, member of uh, Oakdale, he's been making his rounds uh, talking about it. So I guess what are some things you're looking for this week as far as a player uh, you're targeting in DFS? Yeah, I'm trying not to overthink it because I definitely really easily could overthink it. I'm just basically, I I was going to say like, seems a bit on the narrower side, but nothing crazily narrow. I think there's so many avenues to sex to success on a golf course like this that I want to just look for guys who are playing simply good golf and aren't scared to get low. So I'm not overthinking it. Uh, I could I can make a case for anyone. And when it comes down to DFS, if I can make a case for that guy, I'm playing him compared. To, if I can make a case for two guys, I'm playing whichever ownership is lower. So there's so many different avenues to success. Uh, we see it every year at this Canadian Open. That's minus 20 winning score. Random guys will be in the top 10, but the cream has been rising to the top of these tournaments. But we, So we'll see. But I'm going to go with uh, you're playing good golf and you've not scared to just get low. Mm-hmm. There you go. Yeah, I, I, I think that's the one thing that when I came away from that video, just saying these guys are going to burn this place down with with the so many just like the number of short approach shots is I don't think I've seen this heavy of a concentration in any tournament. There's a couple yeah. others I found where there's a lot under 150. I kind of looked at, um, you know, like Detroit Golf Club. I think that's a really good comp for this place. I think Silverado is also a really good go- comp for this place, too. I mean, he doesn't have the elevation changes, but that's one where it's kind of tight and tree-lined, but you just bomb driver everywhere. Lots of birdies there, too. Uh, same green complexes as well. So I try to kind of target some of those guys that I've have done well those tournaments and i I think i'm just going to make a stand i think this is going to come down to uh i mean off the tee we'll see i mean they might get some rain later in the week might be getting a little colder so maybe the ball doesn't fly as far in the air but overall though short golf course probably going to come down a lot to how you hit your short irons and i want guys just to make birdies and that helped me definitely weed out a couple guys at the top here uh you know just off the top of my head i can't really think with a couple of these guys i can't think of many tournaments where the winning score was 22, 23 under, which I think that's what's going to be this week. Um, and they were actually relevant in the tournament. So we'll talk about that uh, a little later on. So why don't we get right to the $10,000 range? Uh, we got Roy McIlroy, Sam Burns, and Terrell Haddonsville. Before we start breaking down, though, uh, hats up to you because you bet Rory. Uh, that was a good play. I mean, I know it didn't work out well for you. But are you encouraged by what you saw with Rory uh, at the Memorial, or are there some things that you might be a little concerned with uh, that left maybe a bad taste in your mouth? Well, yeah, Sunday was comical. Uh, I, if, honestly, if I was hitting those 90-yard wedge, pro, wedge shots for Rory, he might have had a better chance to win that golf tournament. Uh, <laughs> and Rory has been a great wedge player this last year, year and a half, and the, the last few weeks has been bad, just objectively bad. And he would say he would admit that to himself. So. You can't make two bogeys from the fairway on par fives from 90 to 100 yards. And he did it again on the back nine, too. Uh, it just, you just simply cannot do that. So, and he wasn't like gaining on approach the first three days. He was about uh, average, field average. He was gaining a lot around the greens, chipped in like twice last week. And he was, I was, it, it was good to see his off the tee stuff come back because he was kind of a little bit shaky on there, but he gained like uh, three and a half strokes with uh, the driver and three wood off the tee. So that was interesting to see. But you, what he did with those uh, wedges was so bad, and I am not excited for him going forward shortly. Because if you if he wedges like that this week, you might miss that damn cut. So I don't know. It's, I I was a 
laughing. I, I wasn't even mad yesterday. I was laughing because it was just, it wasn't even a bad beat. He did not deserve to be in that mix over the back nine. Victor deserved it. Victor went out and got it. And what, you just can't make bogeys from 90 yards in the fairway. Mm. Yeah, unfortunately, I can't really unsee what I saw last week. Now, look, I mean, Rory has been tinkering with a lot of stuff uh, yeah. lately. Uh, everyone saw him on the range with a little uh, ball between his hands or between his arms there, trying to keep his swing on plane and uh, connected to his body. Uh, didn't really love seeing that, the fact he's using a swing training aid like that on the range. Maybe we, maybe that happens more often than we, we think, but the fact he still is kind of relying on some of that stuff means he's not fully comfortable with his swing. And now we're going to a golf course where I think 50% of his shots are going to be under 150 yards this week. Um, and it looks like he's people are seeing what he did at Memorial, and he's drawn pretty significant ownership, even at 11.5. Uh, between the price tag, the ownership, and probably some distractions with Rory as a two-time defending champion with, the LA, uh, uh, with LACC coming up on the horizon, and the fact that I just did not like what I saw with his wedges. I'd rather go somewhere else. So you got two other guys in 10,000 hour range. You got Sambers and Terrell Hatton. Uh, do you have a preference on either one? Yeah, I'll definitely go with Hatton because just the, I mean, the price point, Sambers is not really impressing me by any means. I mean, he has decent finishes the last two events, but Hatton the last, since Phoenix has been lights out in every event. And a lot of people view Hatton as a guy who is going to win when the score is minus five. But Hatton has six wins in his career at 18 under or greater or, or lower. So Hatton can definitely roll in a bunch of birdie putts. Hatton is a guy who, if he gets off to a slow start, will battle back more than any other guy will battle back. He's not scared to top the backdoor top five finish, and he's done that a bunch of times this year. So I like Hatton for like multiple reasons and multiple avenues for success. I don't really love betting him at whatever that short number is, but I think he's the play up top, especially if Rory's getting any any bit of ownership. But I'm def- it's definitely going to come down to ownership because there's definitely an avenue of success on, uh, for anyone up top because Sam Burns plays well at Sam Burns golf courses, and this is easier scoring conditions. I can see Sam Burns having some, su- some success here, but it's going to come down to ownership. If, I, if they were all even, I would go with Terrell Hatton, though. No. Yeah, I mean, of the popular options, probably about 9000 bucks. even though Hatton is uber chuck, I do like him the best. I mean, he checks a lot of the box as far as really good birdie rates, really good from under 150, uh, a lot of really good results on some golf courses with a lot of short irons, a lot of birdies, like, for example, T5 at TBC Craig Ranch earlier this year, uh, T9 at Austin Country Club last year, T4 Rocket Mortgage in 2020. So, you know, a lot of golf courses where you got to hit a lot of birdies. Everything's kind of really out in front of you. You can hit driver a lot of these places uh, and go low. He's done really well there. But I actually, I really like Sam Burns. I I think just after I did my video on Oakdale, that was the one name I kind of mentioned at the end that I just looked at this golfers like, man, like I think Sam Burns can do a lot of damage here. And, you know, he's, he won at Austin Country Club fourth last year at the RBC Canadian Open. He got the Stanley Thompson crossover there. Uh, fifth, the Summit Club that had a ton of birdies. I think Rory won that at 24 under, but everybody went low that week. And there's a lot of like uphill, downhill shots at that golf course, too. I like that comp there. One at Sanderson, you know, driver heavy. Lots of birdies. Second at TBC Craig Ranch, uh, a seventh at Fortnite or at Silverado. So 
a lot of really good, strong finishes at golf courses with a lot of short irons, a lot of birdies, a lot of opportunities to use the driver. And he's coming in right now at about half the ownership at Hatton. So um, I probably would go with Sam Burns at that point. And like legitimately, the last two tournaments, really good tee to green, plus nine at the uh, Colonial, uh, plus four at Memorial. I like Memorial is yeah, not really he has a figured something out for sure. Yeah, Murfield is definitely not a golf course I would expect a Sam Burns to do well right. in because like if you're spraying it all over the place, that's where you get in trouble. The fact that he came out of that with a T16. I really like Burn, Burns this week, especially with the low ownership. So I, I think that's that's the guy I'm probably going to go with in this range. Yeah, I, I like what you have to say about Burns. And like I said, it's going to come down to ownership. I'm going to go with Hatton. So we'll see how that turns out at the top. Okay. All right. Uh, before we continue, let's go to another break. And we're brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. And Best Ball Mania 4 is here. And Underdog Fantasy is giving away $15 million in prizes. Plus, plenty of ways to win with NBA, NHL, and MLB with their player prop parlays. So head over to underdogfantasy.com and use promo code SGPN for a 100% deposit bonus up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com, promo code SGPN. All right, $9,000 range. Let's start having some fun because we're going to start getting yeah. some dicey guys uh, down yeah. here. So, all right. Uh, so it looks like where all the ownership is right now, man, a ton of ownership on Justin Rose, a ton of ownership yeah. on Tommy Fleetwood, a ton of ownership on Shane Lowry. I guess of those three options, I asked you a similar question last week with this range. Um, which one of those guys are most likely to bust? Tommy Fleetwood, I would say. I don't really, mm-hmm. I don't really get it honestly because I want Tommy Fleetwood when the score is minus six. But at the end of the day, he did bust that Colonial when he had, when it was right in his wheelhouse. I don't know. This is an interesting, interesting thing. Rose, I feel like is going to be mega popular in DFS and in the betting market because it's, I guess, it's a bettable number. He's a winner this year, and the approach numbers for Rose are off the charts. And I think everybody's models are going to be exactly the same this week. They're going to be like, uh, I think they're going to go with like accuracy, but really focus on like that one hundred to one fifty range, and spit. Everyone's going to spit out the same guys, so. And Justin Rose is going to fit that narrative because his, his approach numbers have been so good. So, I but I think he's going to play well. I'm going to say Tommy Fleetwood will bust. Okay, uh, I mean I, I agree with that sentiment. I think with an unknown golf course, if you aren't really paying attention or diving into this place, you probably are just going to rely on your ball striking stats. And Tommy has been really good in the ball striking stats. Same with Justin Rose. Same with Shane Lowry. So of course, and everybody's models are going to pop there. I actually think Fleetwood and Shane Lowry. Definitely could bust. I mean, like you just mentioned with Fleetwood, I can't think of a tournament with tremendously high birdie rates. Maybe there's one on the Euro Tour, like way back when, but otherwise, though, at least in the PGA Tour, I can't think of one. It's always like his Valspars or his, you know, TBC Sawgrasses or Bay Hill, you know, those types of tracks where, you know, Tommy Fleetwood does not have the highest birdie rates. And he kind of just grinds out pars, is really solid, steady, consistent. I don't think it's going to really cut it this week. Uh, I think it's got you got to have a little bit more volatility and a little more explosiveness than Fleetwood can show on one of these golf courses. The same thing with Shane Lowry. His birdie rates are actually pretty terrible. It's the lowest in the $9,000 range going back to last year. Uh, you know, the putter has been a little better lately, but I don't know if that's because he's been on some more difficult greens, like at Oak Hill and the, and the Memorial. Sometimes that can elevate guys like a Kyle Morikawa, where, you know, maybe you're just not three putting as much, or you're just, you know, getting for two putts. You're not really hitting those birdie putts. 
And I've seen Shane Lowry miss a ton of putts from like eight, 10 feet, like good looks for birdie yeah. a lot over the last year. So I guess of the three, probably Justin Rose is my pick, even though he's mega popular. Uh, I mean, high birdie rates. I can at least draw back on his career to doing really well at some golf courses with a lot of birdie rates. You know, last year at St. George's, he went 10 under on the final day to get back in the mix. That was got crazy, ex- yeah. yeah, got everybody excited for the U.S. Open, then I think he busted there. But yeah. I, I think Justin Rose of the three is definitely the one I can see having the clearest path to, okay, you know, 20 to 23 under is the winning score. You get up to like, you know, 18, 19 under. I think he definitely can has is a little more capable of doing that. Than Fleetwood or Lowry. so. We're, 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 you're, th- you're thinking sub twenty. Uh oh, oh you, for his ownership or no 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 uh, winning score this week. Oh oh, winning score. I think like twenty five under. I, okay, I, so I, yeah, going off that, Tommy Fleetwood at lowest score this season is minus fourteen at mm-hmm. the CJ Cup, and he's played. I mean, he really hasn't played too many easy golf golf courses. No, he doesn't. Yeah, so, so he's got... Um, Interesting oops. case study. Oh, what's that? Oh, there we go. Uh, wow. So he's got... So he finished T52 at Austin this year in the match play. He was 59th at TBC Craig Ranch, 35th in match play last year, 38th at Summit Club. He's got a 5th at Austin and then a 6th of the 2018 Canadian Open at Glen Abbey, really. But... Other than that, though, yeah, you're right. And the same thing with Shane Lowry. Um, you know, he's got that second at Hamilton Golf and Country Club. He's got a 10th uh, last year, St. George's. But other than that, though, looking back, is you know, anytime he's played a lot of, like, birdie fests, has, you know, or, like, you know, with match play, you know, that example again, where you got to hit a lot of birdies, he has not been all that su- successful. So, um, yeah, I, I, I think it's Justin Rose there. So, all right, so what are – how about some other guys in the $9,000 range? Is there anybody else you really like? Uh, I like Cameron Young because no one's going to play him because he's been playing objectively horrible golf. And in this range against these, we know how high of a ceiling he has. So I'm just going to buy him at his lowest. And I think I did that last week and it didn't really work out. But I'm going to go back on it again. But the reason I'm going back on it this time is because I've been dialing up Cameron Young this season for a golf course like TPC River Highlands where you wouldn't really think it makes sense for Cam Young because you want him on a place where you could just go bombs away. But if Cameron Young is hitting, is gaining fairways on the field at a golf course like TBC River Highlands, a golf course like this, he's going to have a plenty of 100-yard wedges. Th- then it comes down to the fact, can he make those eight-foot points? That's a real question mark. He's really bad on bent, bent grass. I don't really know the sentiment of Cam Young's game right now. He's got the story on the bag and hasn't really been great with them. But I like him at, for his ceiling versus his ownership and the guys he's priced around. I'm going to go with Cam Young. I, I mean, I actually love Cam Young this week. And love listen, that. I understand that it has not been all roses with him lately. But there are everything I'm really kind of looking for for a guy this week. I, you know, I can I'm going for. I mean, like, look, there's I think a lot of ways for I, I just I, I want to use Cam Young where he can just unleash the driver without a lot of consequence. You could definitely do this here. Yeah, there's really high rough, but, you know, I mean, same thing at Detroit Golf Club last year. 
That's four-inch uh, bluegrass rough, same thing where he had this week, and he finished third there. With you know, he got to 21 under, so I know he's got that high ceiling there too. Uh, really, really, really good from under 150, which I wouldn't really expect right. from a longer hitter. Yep. Uh, one of the best proximity rates in the field, one of the best scores from that rate in the field, and even with a lot of his struggles with the putter, I think he's like top five in birdie or better percentage this year on the PJ Tour. So maybe a lot of these just bad results are making bogeys at the wrong time. But if you're Cam Young, you're hitting the ball good, hitting your wedges really good, you're probably not going to make a lot of bogeys, and you're kind of just going to fall into a lot of birdies at that point. Uh, and then like looking at a lot of results at driver-heavy golf courses with a lot of wedge shots, a lot of birdies. Uh, I just saw about Sam Burns at Austin Country Club. Well, he beat Cam Young in the final there. Um, he's got a third at the Hero World Challenge. That's a shorter golf course with a lot of birdies there, too. Uh, second, the Rocket Mortgage last year. Second at St. Andrews coming off of like a really bad stretch as well. So I know yeah. you can kind of turn around quick. That was one where you just hit driver as far as you can. Firm fairways like you might see this week. And then he had a lot of short irons of the green. Uh, he's got a third at Heritage. That's a shorter course you wouldn't think I of think as. you're selling me even harder because I was sold and I think I'm like locked in now. Got a second at Sanderson. Oh, uh, in the fall before go. that. Yeah, I, I am oh, yeah. all in on Cam Young, know, especially with 8% ownership. No one's on him. Everybody thinks he stinks. Everybody thinks that he can't go low in a tournament when I've seen him do it a couple of uh, times, and he has the highest birdie rate in the field. Let's bet him, Steve. Let's, we might uh, have to bet him. I might have already bet him. So oh, you might have that, already that, bet him. That, that's the conversation for tomorrow's show, though. But yes, I, okay. I may have already put down a bet on Cam Young. So uh, how, about, how about this? So we got... You know, a couple other guys we can talk about before we move on. Um, Matthew Fitzpatrick, kind of the similar concerns as like a Fleetwood or Lowry, though. Uh, you know, I can't really think of many golf courses where it's a lot of birdies uh, and he can contend. But I mean, I, on paper, though, it feels like really good putter. Uh, you know, hit his irons good. He should be good at a place like this. Are you on him at all or not really? I mean, what he did at Heritage was shocked me. I could see him doing a similar thing here. Strokes gained RBC. Uh, I'm, I'm down for Fitzpatrick. I don't really have a sentiment. If the ownership is too high in that 10K range, maybe I could just as a pivot, but there's no reason that Fitzpatrick cannot perform well on this golf course in this field. I don't, I don't hate it. Okay. Uh, a couple other guys that kind of like, I mean, you know, kind of similar vein. I just talked about with Cam Young, but I mean, Corey Connors has really high birdie rates, hits his wedges really good. Uh, a, he has a pretty bad track record of the RBC Canadian Open. But Lau, that was when he was an amateur before he was Corey Connors. Six last year, St. George's. Um, you know, he's been really good at Austin Country Club. You know, a lot of driver, a lot of short wedges there, too. A lot of opportunities to make birdies there. Um, so I don't really mind Corey Connors. Doesn't seem like he's getting a ton of ownership, although I expect that to rise, I think, through the week. Um, I wanted to go see Tagala, but his numbers under 150 are really bad. Yeah, his numbers so, don't make sense ever. Yeah, so I, I, I think I'm going to pass on him. Kucher is low owned, but I don't know. He might be dead. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think I think I'd rather spend. I'd, I'd rather go to Cam Young at 200 bucks more, and then figure it out from there instead of taking. Like I mean, Cam Young it and Matt Kuchar the same ownership. I would take Cam Young. Hell yeah! Especially yep. like I said, there's so many avenues to success. Just play the ownership game this week. So because there's going to be there's different ways to do different things. 
multiple guys have decent ceilings, and Cam Young's got as high a ceiling as anyone. So, so I think that ownership stays sub 10. He's a great play. Okay. All right, let's move down to the $8,000 range, and this is kind of an ugly range. It, it seems yeah. like a lot of people are neglecting this range, too. Uh, the most popular option down here seems to be Michael Kim at a flat eight, which is disgusting. Last, uh, time, he was, last time he was chalky, flamed at uh, his last miscut, one of the Texas events, I believe. He yeah, was so it was actually TBC Craig Ranch, I think, which okay, is a little yeah. concerning. It's, it's, he was really good at Colonial. Really good at Quail Hollow, two typical golf courses where premium ball striking really matters there. And he goes to Craig Ranch where kind of blasted over the yard and who carved a lot of birdies. Didn't really do so that, that hot. So uh, I'm not really a big fan of him there. Otherwise, you got Nick Taylor drawing 10%. But I, otherwise, that's the only guy um, over 10% in that range. So just a lot of... A lot of opportunities to really differentiate yourself with some of these guys. So yeah. I guess who are a couple of your favorites down here in the eight thousand dollar range that might give you some leverage in your contests? Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. I was out today. Keith Mitchell has not withdrawn, right? No, I don't believe he has. Okay, so simple enough. You play Keith Mitchell on Rory McIlroy golf courses. You, the corollary, okay. the corollaries are real. Even Canada last year, Quail Hollow, Summit Club, uh, Gent Riviera. Keith Mitchell has mixed in Rory McIlroy events throughout his whole career. Like just golf courses Rory has crushed. And this is one on paper that Rory should make a lot of sense. And then when you break it down, you look at these golf courses and I guess Keith Mitchell is a driver wedge player and that's what he is. So I like Keith Mitchell at what is he? Eight, nine, I think. So he's probably my, I mean, I know he's at the top of the range. He's probably going to be my biggest play in this range. And for what it's worth, I know you talked about, uh, Hadwin, I'm out on all Canadians this week. They just they're not going to handle the pressure well. They never there's going to be one random Canadian in the like in the mix on like Sunday who will shoot like 64. There's some guy we've like probably never heard of. It's a sponsors exemption Canadian, something stupid like that. But I'm out on these like Canadians with expectations, the Fensons, the the Connors. I'm just I'm I don't want to I don't want to do that. That's a fair take. And honestly, I think you made a good case for Keith Mitchell. I mean, the iron player has been atrocious lately, but he did gain, uh, I think, last week at the Memorial. So maybe things are starting to turn around for him. Really good birdie race. And you're right. I mean, a third at Summit Club, seventh at Canadian Open last year. Uh, he's got a seventh at John Deere way back in the day. So, you know, I mean, usually you think about Keith Mitchell harder golf courses, but, you know, if, the, if, if I'm kind of right where if there's you can blast driver without any consequence and have a lot of short approach shots you know i mean keith mitchell might be able to do some damage here uh i mean i, I think you made a good point about the canadians of the ones in the eight thousand dollar range i think i like nick taylor the best just because he's a good wedge player good bird rates although he's been slumping lately i don't know i could see him maybe kind of coming back a little bit but i i like a hundred dollars more than him uh, I like Joseph Bramlett actually this week. Did yeah, you know? Like did okay Bramlett. Memorial last week. Uh, pretty good with the proximity numbers from under 150. Doesn't score all that great from there, but good birdie numbers. Uh, he did really well at Pebble Beach. Uh, you know, earlier this year, the shorter golf course. So, and he's been putting a little better lately too. So, even though um, you know it hasn't been all that good on bent grass or bent grass poa mixes like we got this week uh, at the RBC Canadian Open, 
maybe the putter's kind of waking up a little bit for him and Carson Birdie. So um, yeah, I like that call. And yeah. Joseph Bramley confirmed and not Canadian, so he he can get he can get in it this week. Exactly. So I guess I'm going for like the all bomber narrative this week, which uh, might really blow up my face, but uh, we'll see. Uh, are you buying into uh, the Ludwig Aberg team, or are you kind of pumping the brakes a little bit? Um. Yeah, I'm. I'm out. The thing is, like, we we have stats on Ludwig from his few events that he's played, whereas like we didn't have stats on Rosang coming into her, I guess, inaugural tournament last last week. It's not the same thing. Ludwig did not win at her rate, so people are starting to be like, I'm here. I'm seeing it on Twitter, like, oh, for, first career star, uh, Ludwig fifty to one. Like, Rose just did it. I think it's a little different. There's no Rory McIlroy's in those types of events on the LPGA tour. Um, so yeah, I'm out on Ludwig. Yeah. Now. I mean, I, I, I like Ludwig as a player. Uh, I think if he shows a little bit of form, he should be on the European Ryder cup team uh, in wow. September, which kind of shows how dire straits the European team might be in right now. But I think you nailed the, the nail on the head right there. Uh, you know, his, you know, listen, his amateur resume so far this year, uh, first of the prestige versus the Valspar collegiate, First of the Big 12 Men's Championship, uh, and he won the uh, regionals uh, for the NCAA's. Um, but his when he's been on the PGA Tour, I mean, listen, you know, T24 at Bay Hill, pretty That's impressive. Playing golf. That's playing yeah, golf. yeah. But T61 Valspar, T70 Hero Dubai Desert Classic. After I think he was first round leader though. There, um, I think I'm probably going to pass on Ludwig, especially if he's getting a little bit of uh, steam. But I, he's definitely on my radar eventually. Yeah, for sure. Uh, but I think at eight thousand bucks. I'm probably going to pass on him. So, all right, let's move down to the $7,000 range. So right now it looks like Eric Cole, mega chalk. I'm seeing estimated ownership right now at 20%. Good Lord. What are we doing people? Uh, we have Ben Martin at uh, about 17% projective ownership. Mark Hubbard, who showed well last week, 18% ownership. Um, are you eating the chalk on any of those guys or you can maybe elsewhere? Now, um, talking about the bomb, the bomber narrative, I'm in on Will Gordon at okay. seven four, I believe he is. He ranks 14th on tour in total driving, which is a great stat. And if I'm going to make that a TPC River Highlands comp, he was third at the 2020 Travelers Championship before anyone knew who he was. I think that was the one where Dustin won after COVID. He finished like, third or fourth, something like that. But Course comp, Will Gordon, I was kind of trendy in the beginning of the season, has uh, dove down a little bit, miscut at the Memorial where he lost strokes on approach, but he gains off the tee almost every single event. Uh, it's it's really the thing is, can he make enough putts? Probably not, but at 7-4, you don't have to make, you don't have to win the golf tournament. I think Will Gordon can definitely find himself inside the top 10. Hey, look, I, I really like Will Gordon as a player. Unfortunately, he has been really bad for my health this year. Yeah. There have been so many top 20 and 30 and 40 positionals that he has just been solidly inside going to Sunday and just blows it for me. Just craters on Sunday. So I I don't know if I should go back to Will Gordon, but I respect the play. Uh, and you make a lot of really compelling plays. I mean, I, I think I, I want Will Gordon to be good. <laughs> and yeah, I, like I, think, I, I think he is good. But man, he has really boned me several times this year. I think I'm just going to stay away. Uh, I got a couple of just losers. 
in this range that I, I, I like. Um, I mean, look, you can go to Brandon Wu. High birdie rates. Putting it pretty well lately. You know, I think he finished second at Pebble Beach earlier this year. Shorter golf course. Uh, T23 at TPC Craig Ranch. I mean, you know, missed the cut of the PGA. Missed the cut of the Memorial. I wouldn't expect those really to be Brandon Wu golf courses. Uh, Mexico Open this year was a birdie fest. I, I don't think that's a great comp for this place, but as far as low scoring conditions, you could go with that. Um, sandwiched between the Ben Martin, Mark Hubbard shock, uh, you got Nate Lashley, uh, you know, missed the cut pretty badly at, at Colonial before that. T23 at TBC Craig Ranch, T27 at Wells Fargo. Um, he has won a rocket mortgage, and I think the Detroit Golf Club is a really good comp for this place. Uh, very good or pretty good under 150, good birdie rates. I don't think that's too bad this week. Uh, Doug Gim has kind of shown some I, signs of life. I hate uh, Doug Gim, I hate uh, him so much. Well, all right, so so that's your Will Gordon then. Uh, yeah. but T19 at TBC Craig Ranch, T27 at Wells Fargo before that. Um, he's played pretty well at Silverado in his career, played okay at, um, country club of Jackson, two places where you had driver a lot and there's a lot of birdies 18th last year at St. George's. I don't think that's a bad play. Uh, he's not really, uh, highly owned. You got a resurgent Brant Snedeker who played pretty good coming back from injury. And this is a Brant Snedeker type golf course. It was T forty one with nine months off, and I mean, look if he's feeling pretty good at seven thousand bucks, he's got a really good track record in Canada and a lot of the types of golf courses I looked at this week. That's not a bad play. Um, you got, I mean, so Lee Hodges is pretty chalky this week. I think he actually might bust because there's two big things that are red flags for me. You know, even though he's been hitting the ball really good tee to green, number one, really bad from under 150. Number two, really, like, poor birdie rate percentages. Yeah. So, but you can pivot right there to a guy who's not a very good ball striker, but really good with his short irons, really good birdie rates, really good putter. How about Harry Hull just competed at Colonial? He's not drawing a lot of ownership right now. So, yeah, playing good golf. Uh Maybe Ben Griffin can kind of come back a little bit this week. He's pretty good with his short irons. He makes a lot of birdies. So he's a good putter. I mean, he's been playing terrible, but no one's on him. So that's interesting to see the David Lipsky ownership this week. I was on him at the Charles Schwab at at six two, mm-hmm. and then he uh, he finished I think top fifteen, and then obviously he was in the mix last week. Interested to see how. Often, how much people will go to him after that? Him just being on TV. Yeah, I mean, like he's stats good. are good. Yeah, he's pretty good. Good iron numbers. Good from under one fifty. The birdie rates are a little mad, but I mean, you know, if you're hitting your iron, your short iron is pretty good. You could do pretty well. He's been okay in Canada too. That's I, I think that's pretty viable too. Um, this is a really gross one, <laughs> but Garrick Hago has been doing okay lately. So I know thinking about last fall, he did well at the Country Club of Jackson. That was a birdie fest. He did well at Amex this year. That was really ridiculously low scores. He gained over a stroke T degree in TBC Craig Ranch, gained about half a stroke T degree per round at Memorial. 
I mean, that's disgusting, but this is a really disgusting range at this point, and no one's really on him. And maybe if if Bombers actually can kind of get an edge at this place, that could work. So I don't really have any others. Do you have any others in the range? How about, uh, how about Akshay? Are you falling for that this week? No, I, if the final, my final thing in the 7K range is if you want to play Aberg at 8-3, why not play Thor Bjornsson at 7-6 who has like a little bit of a better PGA Tour track record? Like I keep saying, the Travelers Championship comp was T4 last year. Um, he crushes off the tee. He has like two measured events over four and a half strokes gain off the tee. So is a guy who's not scared to get low. I, 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 figure, I, I don't think it's a, like a smash play, but if you even thinking about Aberg, I think just go down and save 800 bucks for him. Yeah, I actually kind of like the Tor Bjornsson play. I, I was looking at him. Uh, one thing about Akshay, that I, I'm just going to say this again. Uh, he is a darling of the DFS community. I understand that his iron numbers look amazing, but these are his best finishes. Um, he earlier this year on the Corn Ferry Tour, T4 at the Exmo Classic in the Bahamas. Next week, T7, Great Abaco Classic. Uh, second in Puerto Rico, T24 at Corrales, fourth in Mexico. Um, maybe he can only do this on Pass Palom. And this is not a Pass Palom golf course. His results otherwise have been kind of garbage. So until he can prove it on a non Pass Palom surface, not going to play him. And I'll let. 13, 14% of the pool who seems to be infatuated with Akshay Batia this week. Bam. So, all right, let's move down to under 7,000 bucks. Uh, what very losers leak. do you Very yeah, weak. Yeah. yeah. What, what losers do you like down here? Uh, I haven't done my complete deep dive yet, but if I have to give out a name, I'll go with Lucas Glover, who literally okay. just missed a one foot putt to miss the U.S. Open. So, I assume he will be in this field to try and, I guess, qualify for that U.S. Open because he missed a one-foot putt. And he probably will miss one-foot putts in this tournament. But based off ball striking and pedigree alone, I think he can just get through the cut and step one of the 6K range. So I think Lucas Glover is a fair play to get through the cut. Okay. I'll throw out another really gross name. Uh, How about Doc Redmond? (laughs) <laughs> the doc i doc. Love, I think so, i met him at the fortnet like the last three years so i had him at or maybe it was no you know what it was hank leviota i had him i think at rocket mortgage like i think the year that camp davis won so yeah it well, wasn't was, like but, first like, round leader there yeah I mean, maybe he was but i mean look like you know second rocket mortgage in 2019 third at silverado in 2021 ninth at tbc craig ranch just had a 30th there Iron play those last time out was pretty good. Proximity numbers from under 150 aren't bad, just really bad birdie race. But he putts really well on the bent po with surfaces. I don't know, maybe. Um, you got Justin Lauer, who's been terrible, but he's pretty good for under 150. Pretty good birdie rates, pretty good putting on bent poa. He played really well at Silverado last fall. So that might work out for you. Um, Marty Dow. Just was in the mix of TBC. Just in the mix of TBC. Craig Ranch again, another guy that hits his shorter irons pretty good and scores well from that range. That could work. Uh, Paul Haley did pretty well at Colonial a couple weeks ago. He hits his shorter irons pretty good. So, and then this is a really ugly one. If you just want to fade all Canadians, but 
you want to go with a random one. How about Roger Sloan, 6,500 bucks? And he has been complete dog shit, but his best parts of his game, he hits a lot of birdies and he hits it pretty good from under 150. So, uh, I mean, at this, with all the other names around him, like, and even like in the $7,000 range, if he just makes the cut at 6,500 bucks, I think you're happy. That point. Roger Sloan is not even a PGA Tour member at the moment, but <laughs> no, he's not. <laughs> he's not. Uh, yeah, I'm out on Roger Sloan for what it's worth. <laughs> but he, he, okay, he that remember that one summer where he had like two consecutive, uh, three consecutive like T fives. It was the three M Open and two events around there. He was like in, con- and then the Wyndham. He was in. The yeah, Wyndham was play- it, He was in that seven way playoff. playoff, right? Yeah, he got, got super hot that summer. And Did then you he's have been dead? Did you have any outrights in the mix in that in that playoff? Yeah, that was the the kid. I think I everybody Kisner did shout, that week. Kisner, shout out John, PJ Tao. So so <laughs> that week I had I bet Russell Henley. So and he blew it. But yeah. I also had Kevin Na and I had Kevin Kisner. Wow. <laughs> that week. That was a card. So, that was a card. So that worked out pretty good for me. But otherwise, though, uh, I was not happy about Henley blowing it and then having Two of my outrights go up against like fifteen other guys in the playoff, and Adam Scott should have won. Adam Scott missed that little putt. Should have won it. That was a um, funny, fun one. That was a very fun tournament that time. So, uh, all right, I got nothing else. Um, why don't you uh, give us some plugs where uh, where we can find you? Yeah, I will not be on the betting show tomorrow night. Uh, pre-existing vacation plan, so we'll not be there tomorrow night. But you can find me. So tomorrow afternoon, possibly, we'll have the five grand golf bets. We'll have some narratives and 6K show tomorrow or Wednesday. But, you know, guys, you guys know where to find me at Matt underscore Gannon underscore. Any questions, hit me up, whatever. And content is rolling at SGPN at the Golf Gambling Podcast. Bigger and better things week in, week out. Capper's getting better. He'll be back shortly, I assume. So appreciate you guys listening. So we'll be back next week. Yeah, thank you, Matt, for all the hard work you've given us. Yeah, you're right. We are just cranking out content over at SGPN, the golf department, uh, videos, articles, podcasts, all this stuff, all for free, by the way. So go check us out. Go check out all our articles. Subscribe to our podcast. If you haven't already, give us a rate and review. We'd love to hear feedback from you. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. Um, Considering the good feedback I got from the Oak Hill video and the Oakdale video, um, maybe you'll get another little hole-by-hole video for LACC. Uh, this Saturday, oh, I, 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 well, I, I just watched uh, last week the Walker Cup, the foursomes. I estimated on the broadcast where guys are hitting proximity shots from because I think that is a giant mystery next week. I need to watch Sunday singles uh, later on this week to figure that out too. So stay tuned. I will break that down. But uh, but tomorrow, uh, I will have a mystery guest on tomorrow Ooh. night. So stay tuned. Uh, so yeah, we'll go over our betting cards tomorrow. Uh, go over who we bet outright. I already gave out the spoiler one guy on my card this week. Um, I don't think you. I, I don't think it's very difficult to figure out the other guy on my betting card based on how I talked to him this week. Uh, but yeah, we'll go over some of that. Uh, go over some pretty horrible odds for some of the positions we're going to bet this week. And yeah, so with that, uh, thanks for watching. Um, hope you enjoyed the show and tune in tomorrow night for the RBC Canadian Open betting show. Thanks.